fancy. We fancy up in here. So everyone, I am Stephanie with Jawbreaker, and I am here with Lost in Vegas. Losty for short, you were just telling mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Welcome. Yep. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you for having me. What the fuck? Like, let's go. Oh, wait. Well, why not? Did <laughs> I just cut it? Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Please. It's like musician <laughs> interviews. Could you imagine? It's like musician interviews. Keep it G, okay? Like, yeah. I would not talk to anyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it would just be like a censored, like, every other word. Just like, right. beep, 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 beep. <laughs> it would look like a CIA report. You'd get the interview. There'd be, like, black, like, 90 right. You'd see, like, the and the also that person. <laughs> what did y'all talk about? <laughs> <laughs> just, like, getting a sandwich. Like, I swear, one of the first, one of the first people I ever interviewed, this wonderful little, like, pop punk indie band out of Orlando. And I yeah. interviewed them. Twin Roba, or who they go by. Yeah. Shout out Jason, because now I'm going to tell him about this. Yeah. I interviewed him in the green room, and he's like, I kind of say some things off the handles. Like, that's fine. And then it's like, next thing you know, we're talking about like BDSM dungeons. We're mentioning piss and shit. And I was like, but this is what it would be like to interview Blank, I feel like. Maybe minus the BDSM, although I don't know. I mean, yeah, I'm sure they were probably they were probably into something like that. <laughs> there is something at this stage in life, yeah, right? That's what I mean. Anyway, mm-hmm. we're here to talk about you. So tell the listeners about Lost in Vegas. How did you get started in music? And what are you all about for those who are brand new to you? Yeah, so um, my name is Lost in Vegas. My, well, my artist name is Lost in Vegas. My real name is Austin. Um, so yeah, it all started, my musical journey actually all started in uh, college my freshman year when I met my friend who had uh this i think fruity loops on his computer and um up until then you know i was playing soccer i was uh had a division one soccer scholarship to play in st louis which is where i was at at the time and um so up until that point i was just doing art and just writing poetry and just you know just kind of doing all that sorts of thing and uh he showed me how he could just like record himself and he he did poetry as well so he just took what he wrote and he would just put over beats and instrumentals and i was just so fascinated by it i was just like wow this is so cool because like it's always been an interest of of mine um and uh i kind of just got addicted to it honestly (laughs) like just right off the bat as a poet yeah i did i did just i would have binders of poetry like just wow. I wouldn't show anybody. It would just be just because it was cheaper than therapy. So <laughs> I completely get you know that. I mean? So uh so yeah, uh I would do that and um bought like this like really cheap mic from Best Buy and um, I started just recording myself and uh it got to the point where I actually fell out of love for soccer and in love with music and the same feeling the same feeling that I had when I first uh, played soccer was the same feeling that I got when I was when I was just starting music like I wasn't good I wasn't doing it for attention like it's just this feeling that I was just like it felt so familiar to me and um I just used that as a sign that I should probably just double down on this like situation and follow my instincts on this and just go for it and um, I ended up quitting uh, soccer, um, which definitely was like a a pretty it was it was a hard decision because I was supposed to play sure. 
with uh with Chicago Fire and you know I had like my whole future pretty much mapped out at that point and it wasn't only just my dream it was my parents dream my coach's dream like everybody my whole life who pretty much just wanted me to you know go to the highest level so <clears throat> that was a tough decision um but I was like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to put the same energy I did into soccer and the music. And I just kind of doubled down. I put the horse blinders on and I just went for it. And um, it got to the point where I was doing shows. I was getting booked out in St. Louis and I was creating um, a pretty good buzz, actually. But I just didn't feel like being in St. Louis was the right environment for me. Um, I was like pretty much the only person from the West Coast out there. So I already stood out anyways. Yeah. Um, kind of like lack the community a little yeah, bit. Yeah, so I just I decided just to move back to Vegas and um, see you know like where it would take me there and um, went back to Vegas, started working on the strip, just kind of hustling, getting money like for studio time. Um, transferred back to UNLV, um, and I was there making music, and you know I was just kind of doing it more as like a hobby, but. I would, you know, I was studying like uh, Jim Morrison at the time and uh, just like a little bit of Bob Dylan, but um, I didn't really dive into his catalog all that much, like more so his, just his story. Um, but I was really Dylan gravitating. Dylan or Morrison? Um, well, both, well, actually, Bob Dylan, but more so Jim Morrison. Um, yeah, I was, was like, going to ask you about that. <laughs> yeah, I was super gravitated towards Jim Morrison because he kind of had the same story. He went to UCLA. Yeah. And he was a poet and he just dropped out. You know, he was such a brilliant. He was in film school. He's, he was you know, of his class. Like, he's insanely so I, smart. Yeah. And and he he dropped out and just became homeless, like on yeah the beach. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, wow, like this is dedication. You know he's what I mean? He's just like a wandering poet with, I, I love right. Jim Morrison also, so I totally wanted to talk to you about this. I have all of his poetry books. I bought them when I was 16, like his poetry books. There's yeah, like yeah, yeah. five. And then, you know, he's like, he was hugely inspired by like Art, Artaud Rimbaud, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, like the French poet. So I started reading oh, him yeah. and then mm -hmm. like seeing the pull in their lyrics and just like, mm -hmm. yeah, I wrote this huge paper for school when I was like 16 years old and Jim Morrison had like, what, like 189 IQ or something. So like he's oh, like, he was like, isn't that nuts? That. And he like, yeah, like exactly like you said, the story similar to yours where he was in school and he was just like over it. And just decided to right. keep doing his art. And then he ran into Ray Manzarek, who wound up being the keyboardist. So, like, did that, yeah, once yeah. you were back in Vegas, did that kind of happen for you where you're like, hey, I'm back here? Hey, I'm a poet. Did you like meet someone and was like, this is where it's going to go? So um, I was I was linking up with a couple of producers out there and I was just pretty much de developing my sound. Like, I, I was pretty much just rapping, like, mm -hmm. you know, but. I always, I had melodies that I would always, like, I felt like I, I wanted to be more melodic and just kind of my, um, the way I guess I would write music. So um, I was just starting to find my voice, really, and just my writing style and just, like, kind of just getting to know myself more as an artist. Um, I got distracted a lot, though, just because I was trying to get money to pay for the studio. And so, sure. um, you know, like, when you're, like, 20, 21 on the strip and you know I was an independent host so I had like clients that I would take out and I was just hustling like flipping tables and 
um, and uh, selling things and and all that stuff. So just getting um, by. Stuck into the Vegas life, like to the point where I was like, I have to, I have to get out. So I ended up getting out of like the Vegas scene, and I was just, you know, kind of unhappy really um, with myself on like where I was out musically. And, hmm. um, you know, I was going to school and I just didn't feel like the, it just aligned with who I was, but I was just doing it because, you know, I wanted to make my parents happy at that point. Um, and I just knew, like, I just didn't belong in Vegas anymore. I felt like my time there was, you know, it was like a very cool time, like in a sense where it was, you know, I, I discovered a lot about myself, but I knew I needed to take it to the next level. And I knew like, you know, if I was going to be like Jim Morrison, for example, um, I would have to, I can't just be one foot in, one foot out. I have to dedicate 100% of myself to this art, like the craft of it. Like essentially what I did with soccer, like with soccer, I dedicated 100% of my time, you know, like training every single day, like hours and hours, which is why I was the best soccer player in Vegas and why I was able to, you know, like get scouted professionally and get well, a scholarship. That's not an easy feat. So I was like, <clears throat> I was just like, I can't, like, I got to fully do this. And um, once I made that decision and um, once like, I just kind of had that conversation with myself and just whoever else is up there. <laughs> the universe. Uh, the universe. Uh, everything kind of just transpired. Um and fell into place. I had no idea how it was going to happen or where I was going to end up or what, but I ended up coming back from um, class one day. I was on Twitter and uh, I was just scrolling through my newsfeed and I saw Modson actually retweet this tweet that um, of JL, his business manager, tweeted uh, saying that they needed an intern at okay. the warehouse. So I was like, okay, this is like my perfect opportunity, right? So I'd sit an elaborate you know, email. <laughs> You're like, I am professional. I'm so excited. <laughs> so professional. Did art my whole life, poetry, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, all this stuff. And then Did you send I'm like poems? reading I it. Have to know. I'm like proofreading it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I sat on it for like, 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 you know what I mean? Like, four hours. I like read over it. And then I'm just like, for some reason, I put at the end of the email, I put, um, I lived five minutes away from the warehouse because I just did not want him to have any doubt in his mind that I was like the best pick. So I just was like, fuck it. I'm just going to say I live five minutes away from the warehouse and I have transportation, which I did at the time, but I didn't yeah. live five minutes away from the warehouse. <laughs> so I hit send and I'm just like, all right, here it is. This is it. And the next day I wake up from an email back from jail being like, yo, thank you for emailing. Love how close you live to the warehouse. Can you meet <laughs> uh the next day so i was like i i did so i left how far away were you realistically from the warehouse was like an hour no i was four or five hours because i was in vegas the warehouse was already like just chilling in la and oh my god no no i wasn't even in la at this i wasn't even in la at this point i was still in vegas like i I was in the middle of that so much. Yeah, you're like, so, I'm right here. I'm right next to it. And that was like, I was like, yo, I don't know how this is going to work out, but I'm just going to figure it out like when it happens. So, so this is the weirdest thing. Like I, I truly believe in, in uh, synchronicity or synchronicities. I don't know how if I'm butchering that or not, but no, synchronicity, um, yeah. synchronicities, right? Okay. So um, 
I go, I go to LA. I drive to LA without anybody knowing. My parents think I'm like at school. I go to uh, my cousin who lives out here in LA, um, and I go to his apartment. And you know, I'm super excited. I'm just like, bro, I think I might move out here. Like, I have this uh, interview, like, blah, 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 whatever. And I'm just like, do you know where this is at? And he was like, literally word for word, he said, bro, this is like five minutes away. Uh, <laughs> like what? And he had no idea I put that in my email. I'm just like, bro, you're telling me this is five minutes away from where we're at right here. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, bro. Like, what's? Yeah, like, <laughs> it's five yeah, minutes away. Yeah, that's wild tripping out right now like this is insane so I ended up getting the the warehouse job so you know I had to convince my teachers to like for me to still stay in school and like finish the semester and uh, the only reason why my parents let me do it is because um they because they pretty much was just like if any if nothing happens during the summer then you're gonna have to go back to school and I was just like in my mind I was just like ah, you know I don't want to go I'm not going back to school but yeah, you were going to make that like, decision for yourself. Well, I considered it as like a challenge, right? So I'm working at the warehouse and, um, you know, like got kicked out of my cousin's house and like all this stuff. Like, so I'm like <laughs> kind of homeless, like figuring it out. Oh, and, fuck. Um, and it's kind of getting close to like the fall, you know, this is like throughout the summer, right? Okay. And I'm just like, damn, dude, like, what am I going to do? I'm like sleeping in the back of my truck right now. I'm just like kind of, kind of just like, I don't know. Like I had this like, I, w I was comfortable with where I was at because I just had this, this knowing that something would happen. And I can't really describe that. It was just like this undeniable like sense of confidence that I had that I just tr just put my whole trust into just the process. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so I go to uh, work um, at the, I go to work one day, I walk in and Jail's like, hey, Matza needs help moving out of his uh, house today. Um, And you have a truck, like, do you mind if pay you to go help him move out? And I was like, yeah, for sure. So of course, yeah. I drive to his Laurel Canyon house and I meet Maude, like I've met him like briefly, like in passing and stuff because that was his warehouse. So Right. Um, you know, I was there for music videos and stuff. And so he knew of me, but he didn't really know who I was. Um, and so he, I just remember him being super excited. Like we were, you know, moving out and like all the stuff, like the vibes were super high. And um, he's like, bro, he's like, I got really good news to tell you. And I'm just like, what's going on? Like, what's up? Um, he said, uh, I just found out that I'm going on the Alpha Mega Tour with MGK like to open up and I'm just like word like You're like that's sick okay like, what the fuck like you know what I'm saying like MGK was somebody that you know like I listened to you know growing up and like I was very very much aware of uh MGK and um I was like bro like that's amazing dude like fucking you know congrats and he was like dude thank you and he looked at me and he was like do you want to go <laughs> and I was like first of all I thought he was joking so I was just like bro like there's no way you're real right now. And obviously I said, yes. I'm just like, yeah, bro. Like what? Like, of course. Like, Did I he know go. you do music prior to asking you? No, I didn't tell. I didn't tell him. So why was he asking like, oh, do you want to go be like a techie or he just didn't know? Yeah, so, so he was just like, well, oh. what can you do? And I was like, well, I could do anything. Like I anything, do whatever you want. <laughs> right. Like, for real. I was just like, whatever. Like at that point, I'm just like, I'll just, 
I just wanted to go along. Um, oh, here, wait. I gotta oh, hell it. yeah. I just wanted to go along for the experience. So I was just like, well, I work at, um, I work at your warehouse. And I pretty much just like do merch and stuff. All right, I'm just going to resituate. Damn, the lighting's pretty cool. Um, I don't know, I like so the black background. Like, Yo, I, I could do merch. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's like, all right, say less. So um, I had no idea like what I was doing. Like I was, I just knew I was excited because I was like tour. Like in my mind, tour was just like party, fun, like all this stuff. And I just got hit with like a huge dose of reality when it came to the actual like what you actually had to do on tour, especially like what was it really like doing merch? It was a lot. I mean, I was doing merch and I had no idea what I was doing. So I was doing inventory. Yeah. I was the I was just I was busy twenty four seven, and um, you know like didn't hadn't showered and like. 10 fucking days oh god you know, just like i got like this long ass thing of people just trying to do merch and i'm trying to like calculate i'm like doing all this by myself and i was super honestly like it was probably an easy job like for people who like have experience doing it but i had no mm -hmm. experience and so i was just making mistakes and just learning as i went to the point where i was just like i hated it and i was supposed to get fired because mm. i was just like i didn't really kind of i didn't really care about it like i wanted to be like I would get in trouble for like leaving the merch table and like just do it. You know what I mean? Like I just didn't yeah. want to be there, like doing merch specifically. And I was just like, you know what, dude? Like I don't think this is me. Like all this stuff, and I was supposed to get fired. And then somebody was just like, let's just have somebody do merch for Mod who has already done merch before, and let's just move Austin up to um like to personal assistant or whatever. Okay. So that. So I had like a second life, pretty much. And um, so pretty much I was involved, like just getting or girls <laughs> and um, <laughs> making sure everybody was good. And um, I was, you know, helping out mod. I was driving. I was I would became a drum tech. <laughs> That's cool. I'd, yeah, I literally had no idea how I did that. Um, you could ask him, like, do you know how to play drums? Or were you just like, yeah, well. <laughs> What, does that work? Can you hear the snare? <laughs> Those YouTube videos, like for there you real. Go. But, <laughs> so I'll teach you on the fly. Um, so I was doing many different jobs, and I really loved it because I was able to like just freely be able to like, you know, make the most impact. You know, I wasn't, I didn't feel like I was stuck behind a table, and right. um, and I was, you know, I was hustling pretty much on tour. I was hustling. I was working my ass off and like all that stuff, and um. And I started getting the respect of everybody on tour, like all of, you know, Kels's family and stuff like that, the band. And, uh, you know, everybody was like, man, dude, like we didn't think you were going to last this long. And like they all had bets and stuff like that. And they're like, <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, like all this stuff. And um, they actually ended up finding out I did music during that tour. So you so, didn't say anything this whole time. You weren't like, hey, by the way. Anybody. They ended up finding my sound. I respect that, honestly. Yeah, because I was like, I don't want to that person. I, I wanted to, I wanted to happen naturally. I didn't want to be like, right. oh, I do music, dude. Check out my music. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, totally I wanted to build like a repertoire, like with in a, a relationship with right. uh, you know, all the people that I was around. You and, have to. Um, I was just pretty much studying. Like, you know, I got to see Kells perform every single night. I got to see Mod perform every single night, like at the highest level, and um. 
I was just astonished at the amount of work that they put in. You know, it was yeah. like it was it was inspiring and it was also it also made me see my journey as far as the amount of work that I have to put in and how far I have to go. So um, it felt really good when they discovered my music. You know what I mean? Like it was cool because I was like, okay, this makes sense, you know. And the tour ended. Um, you know, I had one of the best experience. Ended up having one of the best experiences of my life. It was a two month tour and. We traveled the U.S. and and with they performed in front of like three to five thousand people every single night, and it was just the energy was super high. And um, I have a lot of respect for uh, Kells and Bays and Rook and everybody Slim and everybody in like the whole EST family because they pretty mm -hmm. much brought me in. Um, I had no experience and no clout and like really nothing to offer but just like me working hard, and they took me in and they taught me things and that I needed to know and taught me tour life and um and all this stuff so I came out of tour just a completely different person just ready to go and what an incredible um, experience yeah yeah I it was it felt like it was a uh, it was a dream like for real it felt like yeah, I just woke I up imagine. and tour was over and I was just like what what happened <laughs> like was that real was I really with them and right. like, yeah that's like who needs school? There's your crash course right there. Right, right. And it happened perfect timing, too, because if I didn't go on tour, then I would have had to have gone to school. And that literally yeah. happened like a week before I would have to go back to school. So wow. I like barely made it. Um, but after tour, you know, like uh, I went back to Vegas. I worked in the studio. I'm just like, I need to dive in. Like I need to start working and I need to have stuff to show to Mod because like I knew like me and Maude developed this relationship and he knew I made music, but mm -hmm. you know, I, I wanted to, to really prove myself more as an artist rather than just as like somebody who is just valuable and, and just works, works hard at just whatever, you know, being a PA or whatever. Yeah. You want uh, to show them that same work ethic applied to your creativity. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, I got to the point where Maude pretty much asked me, um, if, he he always wanted to have a collective of artists underneath him, so he wanted me to be a part of it, and um, so I became a part of it. And then, uh, pretty much like I spent every single day, pretty much after work, I would go to Mod's house and we would just create and music. And he would pre he pretty much showed me everything I know now as far as like the creating process of uh, making music. He helped me find my voice. Um, I was still Austin at that time, and um, I went on tour with him uh, for two t for two tours um, as Austin, and then my third tour was as Lost in Vegas. Okay, you um, finally came up with your name. <laughs> yeah, so that that's a good story too. So, uh, so that story, right? Um, we're. I think we're going on, yeah, like the third tour for with Mod, and um, you know, we're we. I think we just got done with rehearsing and stuff like that, like in the living room, and we're just hanging out in his room, like me, forget Brennan and Mod, and um, Mod looks at me and he's like, "Bro, I feel like you need a rebrand," and I'm just <laughs> like, "Rebrand? Like, what are you talking about? Like, I went on two tours, like as Austin, like people know me as Austin, you know what I mean, like." 
I put all this work in as Austin. You know, like, I was Austin Kane music. And he was like, yeah, but, dude, like, that doesn't really, like, hit, you know? And I was super stubborn. I was like, bro, like, I was like, if we come up with a dope name, then, yeah, I'll change it. But I really don't want to, like, for real. And, uh... And he was like, well, you're from Vegas, you know, and like, maybe we should incorporate that. And um, I had like this nickname floating around um, at the warehouse called Lostin because I was just like, I'm a Libra and I'm an airhead. So I just like, <laughs> I just get caught up in my head. You know what I mean? So it looks like I, I just, I'm daydreaming, but really I'm just like, it's all coming about... together now. Austin, Lostin, the Vegas. Right, right, right. So I had, <laughs> Everybody would call me Lofton, right? And I hated it. I hated it. I really did. I like, I, I'm like, dude, come on. Like, really? Like, all the nicknames? My name's like, Austin, damn Austin. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was like, and also, too, like, I didn't really have a good relationship with Vegas at the time either because, like, when I lived in Vegas, I just, I just started not to like it. Like, for real. Like, I just, the music scene to me was just super dead and... Hmm. You know, there wasn't real, like, love or, like, community there. I just, like, felt like it just was just such a damaged city. Like, that just needed a lot of work. And I just didn't feel the reciprocation that I felt about it. So I just kind of, like, abandoned my love for Vegas at the time, like, when I moved out to L.A. So, like, the idea of putting Vegas in my name and using Lawson, like, the two things that I just didn't like initially, I was just yeah. super apprehensive about. But... It rolled off the tongue. It does. <laughs> I was like, Las Vegas, like, okay, like, I can see this being a thing. So, Mod was just like, bro, like, let's just go on tour. We'll put it on the flyer. Mm-hmm. We'll see if it sticks. And if not, we'll just change it. So, I was like, okay, cool. So, ever since then, I've been lost in Vegas. <laughs> Do you feel like it's grown on you personally? Or are there ever times when you're still just like, ugh, that's what I went with? Oh, no, it's, it's, like I'm, I I love it because you know I grew it's up. On your beanie. Well, it's well, it, it's honestly like it's taken on like a pretty. It's taken on so many different meanings to me. Honestly, like throughout my whole journey, you know I love the imagery of like the weekend and party next door and right. I love Prince. You know what I'm saying? Like I love like these like cool, you know, names that you kind of like automatically like associate an image with or. Like it's just or like a vibe, yeah. Yeah, like you hear it and you're just, just a like, person. Why? You know what I mean? Like what's? Right. And then you also like you also you hear the name, and then you also think back to like maybe your experience, you know, with Vegas, or maybe like your idea of Vegas, and then it kind of it aligns perfectly, honestly, with like who I am because I'm born and raised in I was born and raised in Vegas, and yeah, you know I. I did go through every single phase of Vegas and, um, you know, before I even moved out to LA, you know, I was hustling on the strip. Like I was like really doing it and like really working out there and like really like in the trenches, like out in Vegas, you know, to the point where I was just like, I did lose myself out there because I just yeah, I was detaching from, you know, so engulfed into Reality. the city. I yeah. Was from what I needed to do, like making music and um, right. school or whatever, you know, like I was there every single day. Um, so it it related to me a lot in my story. And um, and yeah, I don't know, Lost in Vegas just 
it's just it's an interesting name it's it i feel like it aligns with who i am as a person and aligns with my story well um i'm actually in the process of uh well i wrote a book called lost in vegas found in hollywood and um, i love that that's also a good album title yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I actually just finished writing it, and I'm uh, doing the audio book and scoring it right now. So I dive That's in incredible. with my story, and um, and you know, as an artist that has no background in music whatsoever, you know, like I feel like a lot of people get in their head, and me, I have my experiences of me getting in my head about just me not being worthy of being a musician or an artist or making music because you know like you're you're surrounded by people who like eat sleep breathe it like since they're right. eight years you know what I mean like classically trained or vocally trained or like all this stuff and so I'm just sitting there just being like damn dude like like imposter syndrome like yeah like what am I even doing out you know what I mean like especially out in LA when you're surrounded by a whole bunch of artists but um but I also noticed too, like the more I talk to people and the more I talk to fans and like hear their story, I'm not the only person who feels that way. Not Regardless at all. of it's true or reality, you know, it's just something that I feel like we as creatives and us as people who like want to make the most impact, like we do get stuck in our head about certain things and we are insecure, you know. Oh We're yeah. And I realized that and I'm just like, wow, like I feel like I need to tell my story. And, you know, obviously, like, being around Mod, and, um, you know, like, he is an artist through and through, you know, like, if he's not painting, if he's not making music, he's writing, he's p poetry, like, all this stuff. So, like, you know, I was in that environment for, like, three to four years, like, just w around Mod. So, like, I knew, like, my next step was to to brand to do something creative like outside of music and um i you know i knew i had a story that i could probably i could tell and hopefully you know like make a make somebody make inspire somebody who reads it so that's what i've been doing um as of recently that's incredible where could people find this like will it be available like digitally and audible or are you just going to go straight for the audible version yeah, so um, I'm going to have a physical copy of the book. Awesome. Um, so that will be on my website. That will also be on Amazon and pretty much everywhere else that you could buy books. Um, I'm going to try to get into Barnes & Noble, um, which, like, diving into the book game, like, I pretty much know, like, everything about it. It's pretty similar to music. So, um, so yeah, I'm going to have a physical copy. And then uh, my Audible book um is gonna be uh i think on audible pretty much and mm -hmm. uh, when's it anyway. coming out or uh, so i'm scoring i'm doing the uh the audio version of it and i'm scoring it right now so i mean my goal is to have it done by october like dude october, that's fucking like sick that. i already yeah. like can't wait to just like I, well, I personally love listening to an audiobook, especially if it's someone's personal yeah. story, because it's like this, like you're hearing them tell their own story. It makes such a difference. And it's just, mm. yeah, like, and I told you a little bit about like my, I mean, I've written novels, but I'm now foraying. Yeah, like, yeah you were telling write, me about that. Yeah, like a book about like, yeah. emo and pop punk scene and like interview musicians. And it's just, so I have a lot of respect for you too, because I think sometimes people think something like poetry 
whatever type of book, poetry, fiction, nonfiction, they'll probably think like people I talk to, even friends of mine, they're like, oh, that seems easy not to write it, but to like get it out in the world. I'm like, it is so fucking hard. It's like oh. as hard as getting on a record label. You have to get an agent, get in the big five, get in the store, or you self-publish and you market and it costs a ton of money. Like, so I have a lot of respect that you took the time to be like, hey, I have a story. It's going to connect with people. I'm yeah. going to take the time to do this. The the hardest part for me was, it was definitely writing it because uh, I probably rewrote it like 10 times. It, t- it took me oh, three, yeah. mo- three months. That's like, not uh, bad, actually. Three months. That's I would, not I would good. wake up <laughs> and that's the only thing I thought about every single yep. day was this book, right? It like possesses you when you're it in possesses, the flow. It, for it real, does. like not thinking about it. You know what I mean? You like, like, I just open like, your yeah. notes up. <laughs> it's like this feeling like if i wasn't writing i wasn't doing anything that like was the part of the book like i felt like i was just wasting my time like to the point where like my parents thought i was crazy because i like moved back home for three months and i was like yo i have to do this oh it's real they like didn't see me like i was just locked in my room like paper everywhere like you like lose your mind freaking mad scientist like for real like writing and i'm just like guys like what how do you think this sounds you know what i mean like sometimes a paragraph like sometimes it would flow and i would hit like a a dope spot where i'm just like dude like you feel it two chapters and then there would be days where i would have like three sentences that i would just be like so does this sound good? You know what I mean? Like, you know, you know, like I have respect, mad respect for people who do that. It's fucking, I always say like, you have to train it kind of like more like fitness. Like, so I would do like word count goals, whatever it is. Oh, Cause otherwise yeah, yeah. like, I didn't know how to track my productivity. Cause like you said, like, and I've read the super famous, but like Stephen King's on writing. And he would say that for himself for fiction, his goal, I think to this day, unless he's changed it, is 2,000 words a day. And he, mm. even for him, he's like, sometimes I hit that in like an hour and a half. I'm in the flow. I'm great. I'm done. And he's like, right. other days, I'm sitting at my computer for 10 hours straight, staring and erasing the same sentence. And I just want to like rip my hair out. I'm like, it's just, you can't predict it. It'd be like that. It really do. It, it, it is. Or do you ever I, get you like... Know, that's- I've had some exp- I've had a lot of experience with that with uh with music though too. So like oh, I kind of sure. <laughs> I kind of I kind of like understood that creative process like it was familiar to me because you know like there be there be studio sessions where I'll, I'll write a song within 20 minutes and it would be so fire. And you're like, like this is amazing. Yeah. And then I you know like for instance like yesterday like I had a studio session yesterday and we were just like dude like I don't think Struggling. this is working. Sometimes you just gotta do like, it today. I don't think I don't think we got the juice. Today. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe we should just recalibrate like another time. Like you know, so so yeah, like it's yeah. Well, <laughs> it, was whole, of... it was a whole different experience for me, but it was it was definitely fulfilling for sure. I'm really I'm excited for people to just like hold it in their hand or listen to it, especially the audiobook because I started working yeah. on the audio side of it and just the music side of it and it's gonna sound like this really cool like tarantino movie soundtrack vibe like it's oh, really fuck yeah that is it's, such it's a vibe a, it's gonna be a yes. whole, like it's gonna be nothing like you've ever listened to like for real like dude i'm stoked this sounds awesome yeah yeah no i'm yeah <laughs> are, do you still write poetry too are you gonna include any little poems as like an appendix at the end of it or something 
Um, no, no, no. I actually haven't wrote poetry. I mean, I feel like music kind of fulfills that like side of it because yeah. like I, I kind of just take that into and just put it into music. So I'm always writing like ideas, like song ideas. They, I, yeah. they standing alone, like the ideas alone in itself, like to me, like I as poetic as it gets you know what i'm saying i mean well it all depends on the song i guess but i guess that's like the my po where my poetry side comes in yeah so it's not going to be included in the book but i'd love to do like a poetry book or something like that you should that's what i'm thinking like jim morrison keep keep up that yeah. vibe do you have any of his i think there's four i think there's four uh no no i uh i don't have any of his books but i'm gonna uh, send them to you <laughs> But Mod has like stacks, like and stacks of just he's got like a whole Jim Morrison shrine in there. So Oh fuck yeah. Yeah, he's got he's he's a funny dude. That <laughs> <laughs> sounds like the most kismet relationship from from the job to just him taking you under his wing and just being a genuine friend to you now, or seems like family even at this point. Yeah, yeah. No, me and him have we we've had a crazy journey. I think we've known each other for Damn, I think maybe five years now. And um and yeah, I mean like when I first like was a part of his life, you know, he was drinking and he was doing drugs and you know, mm -hmm. he was going down that route and um and you know, uh like I was with him when he decided to get clean and like you know i went to aa meetings with him and you know i was i was with him 24 7 so like like we are our bond is pretty pretty close and you know even after just you know everything that he went through recently we actually just reconnected because i kind of broke away to do my own thing and like dive deeper into my sound so i really didn't even talk to him for like the last two years mm -hmm. um until you know everything kind of went down and then um it's just he hit me up one day and he was like bro he's like um he was like like would you be down to help me move and i'm like yeah bro, just, <laughs> round two <laughs> and uh it's funny how life comes back full circle because he's right? moved, moved into uh, uh a house in in laurel canyon and i'm just like looking at him I'm just like bro like this is weird, dude. This is where we started. I'm moving you like, out, right? Started was in this canyon. Wow. And now, like, this is where we're at. And we're, you know, I'm a completely different person from then. And he's a completely different person, too. So it's like, it feels like we're just, like, starting this, like, new life and, like, this new, this new kind of journey. So I'm glad. I'm honored I get to experience, you know, this whole life thing with him and and be there for him when he needs it and you know he's there for me too so it's a pretty cool relationship that's beautiful this whole story has been this is part of why I love doing this because I feel like so many people have really inspiring stories and that's like that's what connects with someone whether it's a fan or someone who's creative in a different sense or like you said even just another aspiring musician like what you're hoping with your book it's like it's so easy, especially in LA, like you were mentioning earlier, to look at someone and be like, oh, you've been doing this your whole life. Like, I get why you're successful. I get why you're famous. Yeah. I get why you're here. But I really think the, I don't know, like the majority of the people that I've personally met, and I worked in film and TV for a really long time, and I'm still kind of oh, in yes. it. 
And then now I meet a lot of musicians. I'm like, really, people I've met in all sides of entertainment and creative are like us. Like we came from not even California. You know, we struggled with school and family and we really just it's equal parts dedication and luck. I mean, luck plays into everything, good and bad luck. But Mm. like you said, like listening to your intuition about like, I'm just going to throw in the sentence about being five minutes away. And that wasn't by accident. And then it just like started this snowball effect to this beautiful journey. And look where you're at now. Like, would you, that like, if you right now could visit you in that moment in time, like typing and rereading that email, would you believe it? If you're like, Hey, when you send that, this is what's going to happen. Probably not. I'm going to fuck you up real quick. Do it. What if that was me? It could have been. Like your higher self coming forward. My higher self being like, because there was also a lot of, uh, there was a lot of deja vus that I, that happened to me. So for instance, um, like I, I didn't understand him at the time. So when I first had that experience with my friend in the dorm and he introduced me to music, right. I remember falling asleep that night and I had this really vivid dream where I was in the back of my parents in the backyard they have the shed Mm -hmm. and I'm in the shed and I'm looking around and there's like white stream lights there's like a couple posters I couldn't really make out my friend was there and it looked completely different than what I was used to because it's just used as a storage and I was just like I woke up and I was just like man like that was weird like why was I in the shed like how come I wasn't at school or how come I wasn't in St. Louis and all that stuff and um and I was just around like studio equipment, like a computer speakers, and uh, there was a mic in there and stuff. And uh, fast forward, uh, I want to say uh, two years later, um, I was in my shed and had the stream lights, two posters on the wall. My friend was there, and it didn't hit me until. I mean, it hit me like instantly when I looked around and I was in the yeah. exact same moment that I had in my dream. And I looked at my friend Tommy and I'm just like, bro, I was here before. I've like, been here. It fucked mm-hmm. me up. And I was just like, bro, like I felt weird. Like I just had chills like on my skin. And that was the same night that I actually uh, came across Mott, ironically enough. And, um, that's fucking trippy weird yeah like really weird synchronicities that kind of like um that kind of pushed me forward and played a part into the reason why I felt so confident and like moving towards something that like I haven't done ever um and just kind of jumping off into just like the abyss of just like you know I'm just gonna trust it and um and yeah I've had a couple of other like situations where I was just like I feel like definitely there's something up there like guiding me or, and my into like I don't know what it is intuition. like maybe, totally it definitely was my it definitely was intuition for sure like I felt it like I, to the point where I was just like I have to do it like there's the to me I just had no other option because like this like feeling in my gut was just like pulling me towards it it was like this magnet and um you know, I know people say like your intuition is is your the mo the side of yourself that's connected to source, mm-hmm. and your your higher self. Like, cause I believe we're multidimensional people, so I feel like the I feel like when you're disconnected 
with source, like it's you, you feel more lost. And I was disconnected. Yeah. You know, I felt, I know that feeling of being lost, you know, and I know that feeling of like not knowing what, you know, what to do. And, um, but I also know the feeling of when I am connected and when I am like that, that antenna is and that connection to my higher self is strong because it's just the sense of knowing that you just can't really explain. And, no. um, I just, I just, I know that feeling now and I'm familiar with it. So every time I have that feeling, I know I got to do it regardless of how I know or where it's going to happen. So it's wild. Yeah. Like I'm a very, I tell people this off the jump when they first meet me, like I'm a deeply intuitive person and you mm-hmm. obviously are too. And I think that's cool because from what I found just in general is it's actually pretty rare. Like I even have close friends of mine or, you know, people I date or whatever be like, how do you know? Like the exact thing you said, you're like, I can't explain it. I just know. Like there is no other option. I just know to okay. trust the unknown. And that's, that's literally it. Like you just know there's nothing else to explain. So when, when I've come across people who are like, I've not experienced that, it's maybe a signal that they're not on the right path. Like you said, and you have to just yeah. starts with the baby steps of like going towards your intuition. Yeah. And then the more aligned you are, the louder it fucking gets. It's crazy. The louder it gets. You, I mean, you make a really good point because now that I think about it, every time I did feel disconnected or lost, it was when I was diving too deep into things that weren't aligned with what I initially like wanted to do. Yep, like same. My heart wasn't. Uh, that's not where my heart was, you know? And like, like, that's why I'm just like, yo, I'm going to do what I love. Like, yeah, <laughs> that feeling okay. is not fun. Like, for real. No. Like that feeling is not fun. But like a lot of people feel that though. A lot of people like, you know, like when you're depressed, like when you're anxious yeah. or when you're like, I, when you're, when you feel lost, you know? And, um, you know, it's because like a lot of people feel that way. They're disconnected with, with their their purpose right Mm -hmm. which is honestly like became like my mission statement which goes back to just like lost in vegas like it's that name is taken on such a meaning because you know like the people who support me i call us the lost ones right so my whole mission statement is you know like like we're lost but you know like we're lost together we're gonna figure it out like we don't know where we're headed but we'll figure it out like well like we're in this journey together and you know like my whole purpose is to help people find their purpose and the reason why they're they want to live and the reason why they want to wake up in the morning and that that thing that drives them and if I could inspire them you know like by having by just my story and just being that example for people who are on like the edge of just like I want to do art or like I want to go to Mexico and do like a spiritual retreat or just like whatever it is, you know what I mean? Like to just do it. (laughs) Just, you you just have like, you trust your intuition. Like that's so beautiful. I really love that you said that. And I, I feel similarly with, with mine. So I really respect and know that yours is genuine because people don't just say that. No one just says that unless it's something they truly feel deep within themselves. Like that's your higher purpose too, to like use your art to inspire and, and connect with people and, that actually leads me to my final question. Like, what advice would you give to aspiring musicians right now? Oh. You've given a lot of great stuff already, but. <laughs> what advice would I give? So I feel like, I feel like making music is, 
it's like I always say this. It's like throwing darts at the board, mm. right? Like you could have a hundred darts and only make one bullseye, you know, but you're not going to make that bullseye unless you throw the darts, right? And, you know, just because you miss 10 times, you know, doesn't mean you're not going to hit the bullseye. So I just feel like just keep going and just keep on failing, like be okay with failing, be okay with being vulnerable, be okay with putting yourself out there, be okay with, um, with not being good at it at first, you know, and be okay with making shitty music, be okay, you know, like it's going to, you're eventually going to make good music, you know what I'm saying? If, if you're not already good at it, you know? So I just think like, honestly, just keep on doing what you're doing, whether it be music, whether it be art, like the only way to get better is just do it. And like, I hate for it to, this to sound like a Nike ad, but <laughs> like you, yeah, but they came up with that slogan for a reason. You know I mean? like, works. Just do it. <laughs> I didn't know Nike, Nike shout out. Nike, cut the check. Cut the check. Can we take some Air Ones over here, Air Force Ones. Yeah, right. Come on, Nike, where you at? Thank you. Where you at? Hit me yeah, up. Keep throwing the darts at the board. You know, keep like doing podcasts. Keep on doing interviews. Like, keep on. Like every day is a learning experience and, you know, and just keep on going. Dude, thank you yeah. so much for taking the time to do this. This is such an incredible story. And I'm going to, for everyone listening, I'm going to link everything down here below so you can follow Lost in Vegas and keep up with the updates with his music, with what he's working on. And of course, the book too. Really excited for that up and coming. Jawbreakers. <laughs> <laughs> yes let's okay. go thank you so much for having me thank you yeah <laughs>